You know I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast, a brand new episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Birdsall, joined as always by Jake Simone. Jake, a lot to kind of talk about. A lot's happened over the course of the last yeah. week and a half. Yeah, well, as always, there is a lot to talk about. That's the beauty of the show. And uh, definitely excited to chop it up with you. So what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. I, I really should have asked, how are you? First of all, <laughs> it's it's late. Forgive me. Yeah, you know. It happens. It happens. Like I said, a lot to get to. Major League Baseball, going to talk a little bit about that. Going to talk about some NBA. A lot's been going on, including with Jake's Brooklyn Nets and my New York Knicks, who right now are in the playoffs, which is for right minor, now. minor miracle. <laughs> Take what I can get. And we're going to be doing a Mount Rushmore. And then, of course, we'll be doing a little discussion on the incident that involved Tiger Woods on Tuesday. But to start the show, and of course, we'll be doing a little bit of, of bachelor discussion. Jake has not watched it yet. So we're going to keep it as vague as we possibly can. Might be more speculation based more than anything else. But of course, I am caught up. Jake has not yet watched. So we'll try and connect the dots as best we can without spoiling anything. But before we get to all of that, you know how we start the show every single time. Deep sleeper of the week, Jake. I am very excited since you told me yesterday that I would love your deep sleeper of the week. So I am giddy with anticipation. I am not going to hold you back anymore. Fire away. Indeed, you are correct, my good friend. And since you are a big fan of The Bachelor, as am I, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. Great programs. You, you like those kind of programs. So what if I told you I found a type of program that is better than The Bachelor franchise? I don't know how I'm going to respond to this, but please, I'm intrigued. Okay. So I know you have a Netflix account. I do. My deep sleeper of the week is going to be, are you the one on Netflix, an MTV original? Let me tell you something, man. This show. Oh, you've already seen it, I assume. Oh, you've already seen it. A fantastic uh, program. I, I, I just finished. For everyone that hasn't seen it, man, go oh. watch it. it. It's literally The Bachelor on steroids. Like This is truly unique material. I just finished season one. I just started season two. Um, last night, I watched the first uh, two episodes, I think it is. But season one was incredible, man. And like, wow. By far better, way better than The Bachelor, man. Like these these people are truly competing out there. There's money on the line, and it's great. You 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 think a couple is a perfect match, and they're just not. And then they just start fooling around and doing whatever with somebody else in the blink of an eye. Like where are you gonna find this type of material? I I don't know. What well, the concept is is great. I, I don't can know, who, tell. Who I can tell you stuff? the difference. I could tell you the, the difference right away. Well, one's better and the other one isn't. Well, yes, of course. The other is also network television versus MTV. ABC is supposed to be this PC environment where, you know, this, this, I guess you could say, for lack of a better phrase, this faux pas image 
of true love is supposed to be portrayed. Whereas on MTV, all shit goes. Well, my favorite couple actually is, I believe, the only couple from the show franchise that's still together and married with two kids. And that is my favorite couple from season one, Ethan and Amber. Yes. Great people. Great, great people. That they are. They are. The I, I, fo- are I, I follow Amber on Instagram. She uh talented. Well, she's easy on the eye, as we would <laughs> yes. say here. Um, no, they're they're incredible. And uh that's yeah, you know who Ethan kind of looks like a little bit. I don't know if you saw I don't know if you've seen the Batman movies. Of course does, I have. Doesn't he kind of look like the guy that played Robin in the Batman uh, oh, George uh Joseph Gordon Levitt? If that's his name, I don't, I don't know his name exactly, but Whenever I see him, I'm like, damn, he kind of looks like that guy a little bit. Uh, kind of. He he does, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so, I can buy that. Yeah, that's my deep sleeper. A, a great show. Go check it out. And uh, I, I don't know where I'm going to watch the other seasons, but trust me, I I know people and uh, I'll find a way. It's very interesting that you uh, brought up a streaming service as your deep sleeper because my deep sleeper is, in fact, streaming services. So, Paramount Plus. We need to have a discussion about Paramount Plus here. Never heard of it. Well, of course not, because it's not out yet. But Paramount Plus is coming out. And basically, Paramount Plus, the parent company of Paramount is Viacom CBS. So, they are taking, the the higher-ups of Viacom CBS are taking everything that CBS All Access, which is their streaming service as of right now, they're taking everything from that and they're putting it on Paramount Plus, which is basically going to be a direct competitor to HBO Max and uh, and like Peacock, you know, that kind of level. But a lot of people are very pissed off that they're going to be losing their CBS All Access. I am not one of them because... I just learned this evening because I am a pre-subscriber to Paramount Plus that I will be getting that on March 4th when it comes out. Uh, No free advertising, of course. But one of my programs, The Challenge, great show, by the way, is doing a Paramount Plus exclusive show, which I am very excited for. And it's from past contestants that were on The Challenge 10, 15 years ago that are coming back for an all-star sort of spinoff. So we are big fans of the challenge and we are big fans of Paramount Plus. Anybody who is not a fan of Paramount Plus can kiss my ass because it is loving it already. It sounds intriguing. So as I am a uh, customer of CBS All Access, so what Mm -hmm. happens to me? Am I just holding my... uh, (laughs) So March 4th... What's going on here? You you lose your your access to CBS All Access, but it's gonna be the same price for Paramount Plus. So all your so do they keep charging the card or what's going on there? No, see, All Access is shut down, done. Okay, I, honestly, I'm not that upset by it. So no, that's what I said. I'm gonna see. I, I want to see what the reviews are of this Paramount Plus. So maybe next podcast you can give me a little bit of a rundown. I don't know. Wink, wink, I, nudge, nudge. But I will absolutely tell you because the next. It goes live March 4th. So, so we'll record probably after that. You'll have a good yeah. 24 hours to I will sample the have, product. I will have a sense as to how the product is because I love 
HBO Max. Peacock's okay, but it's great for The Office, which is the best television show of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Mm. You're out of your mind. Mm. You're 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 out of your mind. Mm. But then we have Paramount Plus now, which apparently, from what I hear, and I haven't seen yet, but I've been told from a few people that know me and know how I like television and my kind of television that I like, I've been told a thousand times over I need to watch Yellowstone. I've never seen it. It's with Kevin Costner, and it's supposed to be like, have you seen, have you seen True Detective? No. Well, True Detective, season one of True Detective was probably one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. Up there with like Westworld, maybe, season one. People are saying that Yellowstone season one is in that group of like blow your mind, unreal television that I need to watch. So H- yeah, I know I know HBO Max is pretty impressive. So if it's supposed it to be something similar like that, I'm definitely intrigued and I uh, can't wait to hear about it for sure. I think it's going to be because I think they're going to put like all Paramount movies on there. So how am I going to watch football games that were on CBS? Because that's why I got the CBS All Access mm-hmm. is if I was a lot of Sunday afternoons in the security booth back in college. So I, um, I feel that, you know, I, I, that's how I'd watch the, the Channel 2 games was yeah. CBS All Access. And that that's how I'd see them all. So I'm kind of curious to see what ends up happening with that, because that was the main reason why I got it. I didn't get it. It's for any all other on reason. Paramount. It's all on Paramount, okay? Because I know yep. Disney, uh, no free advertising here, but I know Disney was going to get the Sunday NFL ticket, which is interesting. Which it belonged to Directv all those years, and I guess Disney is just going full on monopoly mode now. Yeah, I was, so, I was about to say they're trying to monopolize the market. So, so everything just seems to be ch- changing gears in the year of 2021. A lot of things are moving. And, you aren't kidding. Yeah. You are well, kidding. So Paramount Plus, interesting. Okay, definitely uh, in the queue here in my brain. I think it's the definition of deep sleeper because we don't know what it's going to be yet. Yes. We're going to see. We're, we're going to see how good this Paramount Plus is. And if, it, if they're putting the Paramount movies on there, I mean, I can't name a Paramount movie off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are some great ones that are going to be first day, March 4th, bam, right there, done, which I'm – very excited for and anybody anybody who's you know panicking about you know their CBS all access, it's gonna be the same price. It's gonna be the same price. Take the four ninety nine a month or whatever it is that you pay for CBS all access, and just go put it towards Paramount. Done. After some reviews, of course. After some reviews, of course. Yes, listen to this podcast and you'll hear all the reviews about Paramount Plus because I am, of course, I've I've pre ordered Paramount Plus and I will be in my life wow. on March fourth. For, for somebody that does not free advertise, you are. Uh... <laughs> well, definitely waffling a little bit there tonight, my man. Well, guess what? If it's terrible, I will admit that it's absolutely terrible. If it's good, I'll admit that it's good. And I want Paramount to give me 1% of everything that they make off of Paramount Plus. That sounds like a fair deal. And you know what? You know what, Jake? Because you are a great co host, I will split half of those earnings with you. So 0.5 and 0.5. 0.5 and 0.5. Or point, yeah. That's... 0.5 and 0.5. Nice. I, I can't complain there. So, and we can all live win-win. happily ever after. A win-win. That's America, man. That is America. Land of the free, home of the brave. Okay. So deep sleeper. That's done. Next. Um, yeah. Time to get into a real shitty mood. Um, 
everyone, I think in the sports world, at least, and even in, in like real world was kind of just like put to a halt on Tuesday when the news of the car accident involving Tiger Woods spread, it looked gnarly think to, to kind of put it mildly and uh, the area where Tiger had crashed. I actually know that area very well because I do have family in the Pacific Palisades area and it's very easy to crash going down one of those hills if you're not careful. And that's exactly what Tiger Woods did. Um, two leg fractures, one of them compound, uh, broken ankle. Those are the ones that were reported, at least. I'm sure there are other injuries that he sustained that were not worth putting in a statement or anything along those lines. But he's alive. And that's what matters. Um, he was wearing his seatbelt. He wasn't under the influence. So those are two check marks that were in Tiger Woods's favor. But I think the real question here is, you know, this is a guy that's had five back surgeries. He's 44 years old. And we really now have to start talking about, and this is more of a, you don't even need to be you know, a golf fan to even have this discussion of how the hell is Tiger Woods going to come back from an injury like this and be not even himself, be competitive again when he now has a metal rod in his leg and has his spine fused together. There's well, two things that are working yeah. against him. Well, if anybody could do it, it's it's Tiger Woods. There's your answer True. right there. Um, definitely has the makings of a great story. And Tiger Woods has uh, legend written all over him. And uh, just really glad that he's alive and well. Uh, I guess maybe not as well as... I was going to say, is as, he well? <laughs> he's not exactly well, but, it, it, you know, obviously after the news with, with Kobe Bryant, pretty much a year ago from there. A lot of people had the worst fears in their minds and uh, just glad that Tiger's okay. And it would be a great story for golf. I think that would probably make golf really big again if Tiger Woods were to come back from this type of injury and get another, was it green jacket? And, uh, Augusta, I, don't watch, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch golf. What, what the, what's the master's jacket? Green jacket, yeah. Green jacket, You're right. yeah. You're right. You know, wins another uh, wins another major or something like that. I think that'd be huge. I remember when, like, I don't I don't watch golf personally, but I remember when Tiger Woods won the Masters, and uh, it was my senior year of college. I was actually uh, baseball, I was at a baseball doubleheader, and I was watching it in the dugout during a game. And I don't watch golf, but I heard Tiger Woods was about to win the Masters. I just wanted to see him cap it off, celebrate, and all that because it's Tiger Woods. You know, this isn't. Uh, Rory McIlroy or someone like that, that the average uh, Joe Schmo in the street wouldn't recognize, you know what I'm saying? So True. I'm glad, I'm glad that Tiger's okay. And if he never golfs again, he never golfs again. It is what it is. This is a, uh, obviously a tough injury to come back from. So I think if he doesn't return, we can't hold that against him. I don't think that hurts his legacy. It's, it's an accident. It's a car accident. So I'm, uh, I'm, I hope to see him back, but if not, it is what it is. But if anybody can come back from this and be competitive and win again, it'd be one Tiger Woods. Here's the golf guy in me. Tiger Woods is my favorite athlete of all time. Just my own personal feelings. 
Tiger Woods is my favorite athlete of all time. I was on a podcast on Tuesday, not even kidding, when the news of the accident broke and everyone stopped dead in their tracks. It was like it was the the strangest thing where we were just we were mid sentence. We were just going, going, going. And all of a sudden, nothing. No one just said a word because we were all hooked to the same exact thing at the same exact time, scrolling through Twitter, seeing what the hell was going on. And I had that same feeling, Jake, that you just said was it wasn't a matter of, oh, my God, is he okay? It was a matter of, oh, my God, is he alive? That was the first thing. That came into my head. And then as the hours, you know, went on, went on, you know, you started to get more information that he was in fact alive, that he was conscious and everything like that. But the damage was extensive. The great example that everybody who knows golf and is a golf historian or anything like that has been pointing out over the last 24 hours was the Ben Hogan bus crash and how Ben Hogan got into this massive bus wreck was seriously, seriously injured, came back, had the greatest stretch of his career, and went on to win multiple majors. The difference is Ben Hogan was 36. Tiger is 44. Tiger has five back surgeries. Tiger now is going to be playing with a metal rod in his leg. And you got to ask yourself, it gets to a point where you just say, when is enough enough? For someone that, I mean, let's just face it, he's put so much damage onto his body, putting the off-the-course stuff aside just from his performance over the years, his training regiments, what he does off the course to get his body in the peak condition that it was at when he was in his mid-20s to when he was winning all of those majors it gets to a point where your body just starts to go downhill. And we saw it over the last decade where Tiger was just not himself. Then you add in the off the course issues that he had. And now you got to start asking yourself, is this really the end for one of the greatest sportsmen that we've ever seen? And Jake, you make another great point when you say that Tiger is golf and that's a hundred percent correct is that the American public and the public in general just have more of an intrigue when there's when they see Tiger Woods on the lineup for him being in an event, whether it's a major, whether it's a TPC event, whether it's a St. Jude's event, whatever it may be. People are intrigued by Tiger Woods and none so more than when he won the Masters in 2019. I will be the first one to say when he was walking up the 18th, the 18th fairway to make that to two putt to win the, the masters, I was crying my eyes out. Cause I was just like, holy shit. I thought I would never see this again. And I remember when he won the U S open on a torn ACL at Torrey Pines. And there I, there I was, I was 14 years old at the time saying to myself, fuck me. This is like the greatest thing that I've ever seen. And then nine years later, I saw tiger, win the masters. And I said, fuck me. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. If tiger can come back from this and 
Jake, you made a great point. If there's anybody can do it, it's Tiger. If Tiger comes back from this and he can play, whether it's one more tournament, whether it's 10 more tournaments, whether he gets the three more majors to tie Jack for the all-time major list for men's golf, I'll say fuck me because it would truly be an unbelievable story if he's able to do it. I just don't know if he can. But, of course, we're wishing Tiger all the best. And um, I really, really, really hope to see him again on the golf course. But, you know, the last 24 hours has been more of just being thankful that I will get to see him again, period, whether it is on a golf course or not. Yeah. There's only two guys in sports that I think that are truly their sports that they draw in the casual fan or a person that's not a fan of that sport. That's Tiger Woods with golf and it's Conor McGregor with combat sports. I it's, couldn't agree more. Those are the only two that I think are just bigger than their brands themselves, which is the sport they play. I could not agree more. That is 100% dead on. It's a great, great, great take. Um, all right, so we'll move on from talking about Tiger. Let's talk about The Bachelor. Let's do it. Yeah, brighten up the mood here a little bit. Brighten Why don't up we? the mood, exactly. Um, I don't want to dominate this conversation because well, I don't want to say too much. Yes, so uh, allow me to take the reins from here, my man. Please, go um, for it. First of all, my level of interest in The Bachelor from here on out is eh, – he's Rock bottom. Like, it's, at, it's at a really, really low right now because – um, well, number one, the whole, we're not going to see Chris Harrison ever again, you know, say what you want, but, uh, that kind of sucks regardless what you think about what he may have said or what, you know, well, apparently Chris Harrison, you know, like, come on, man, the guy's been the host of the bachelor since day one. You're telling me you're not going to miss him. Come on. I could, sp- I could spoil this. So at the end of the episode that aired this week, they did show a preview for, a uh, of the reunion after the final rose, whatever you want to call it. Chris Harrison is on it. I really hope we see him again. I I, I hope we do too. He's the bachelor. He is the bachelor, man. That's like American Idol without Simon Cowell or Ryan Seacrest or Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, better comparison there. Yeah, but it is- really went it really went downhill after Simon Cowell though. True, Seacrest stuck around, but it, it wasn't the same without Simon. Yeah, but that it's like not the bachelor without no. Chris Harrison. No, it's not. And I don't know what the show will be without him. I don't know who they are going to just decide they're going to bring in and think he can ma- magically be Chris. I think Seacrest would be good at, ho- at hosting it, but I don't think Seacrest would have much interest in it. I think the guy that does Are You the One does a great job for what it's worth. Whoever that, I think that he is, does Ryan too. something. Yeah, I think I think he does a great job. He does, he does a good job. But Chris Harrison, man, is just... He's a king. He's a king. We love Chris. I, I love Chris, but... Um, Drifting away from Chris Harrison. Hope we do see him again. Uh, obviously, we, we don't condone uh, that type of behavior, but uh, this is the land of second chances. It so. was stupid what he said, but he's got to be given a second chance. You can't blacklist. It, it, you can't blacklist it, it, him for being ignorant. Exactly. Yes. So, um, let's get to Matt. So, he sent home my favorite contestant, as I well documented the last show. He just. And the way he treated Abigail was just disgusting. Horrible. I Horrible. Oh, I, uh, I was so comfortable with where we were. I forgot about you, essentially, and my other relationships progressed because I forgot about you. Like, guy, 
what? Uh, what kind? She deserves better. Way better. Way, way. And she would be an excellent bachelorette. I'm going to say it yeah. again. I know Katie's probably going to be the bachelorette. Uh, I think Reality Steve or someone said that. Someone yeah, that's really plugged in. Yeah, Reality like, Steve was one of who. He, he's never wrong, that. but apparently they're still uh, looking at people for that. I don't think Katie would be a good bachelorette, but. No. Uh, I don't know, man. My, my future with The Bachelor is hanging on uh, <laughs> on life support right now as it is. But I, I guess I'll take it. A, I'll give it a shot. But uh, Kit also just asking to go home. It's like, why would you just waste your time like that? I agree. Like, what? She's 21 years old. I think she I think personally, she just sat back and said, I'm 21 years old. This isn't for I never thought I'd get this far. Probably this isn't for me. And I don't want to waste Matt's time because I don't want to get a proposal and say no. She got there for the clout. She got it. She got it. She got it. So my favorite to win now, uh, it's probably going to be Rachel. But I think there was some stuff about her that came out that's uh, highly controversial, too. So I don't even know if that's true. So but my my second my second place is the dark horse, though. Um, I think Michelle and Matt have a really deep connection, yep. which I thought Piper, like you alluded to the last time we talked, Piper, but Piper got sent home for hometowns. I thought for sure she'd get a hometown. Excellent. We don't like Piper. I mean, I, I didn't really hate her that I, I didn't have much of a feel. Yesenia, though, thank God she's got thank home. God. Thank God. Thank Yes- God. Yesenia was just, oh, bro. I don't know why she got that far. I, I, I don't know either. Like, and to have that awkward rose ceremony, it's like Kit asked to go home. You sent Abigail home for no reason because you forgot about you were gonna give you gave Yesenia a one on one date. You couldn't give Abigail one on one. Yep. Like first that's the slash Rose I, Abigail. I think first impression Rose Abigail. You could you gave Yesenia. You never gave Abigail a one on one. I, and he's done it. He's done a horrific job as the bachelor. Uh, we need to stick with people that have been with, with the show and are with the program. We need to stick with that. No more of these these outside people. Heather Martin, also a good sleeper for um, The Bachelorette. Yes, please. Uh, I, yes, please. I, I felt bad for her. Everyone was like, oh, she showed up late. I, I felt bad. You know, she quarantined for two weeks with everybody, and she got sent home after, like, a, a cup of coffee with Matt. Come on, man. Yeah, that's a Come joke. On. That was a joke. And like, that was... let's, let's be honest here. If she was there since day one, she would. You can't you can't tell me she wouldn't last a while on the show. But. I I couldn't agree more. And you know what? It also it, that was just uncomfortable to watch. Just and to you're, see how you're telling me they never met. Come on, up. Yeah, like that was just I, she didn't bad. deserve that. I felt no, bad for her. I did too. But Matt has done just such a terrible job. I agree. Really has just and sending home. People of the two. Oh, you said something bad. I'm going to send you home. Come on, man. No. All right. Let's play this game. Let's play this game. Give me. Well, we know who the ideal bachelorette would be for you. It's Abigail. It's Abigail, but I have this. I think Heather Martin would be would be awesome. I think so, too. Those are my two favorites. Yes. Okay. Now, your ideal bachelor. Wow. Who would it be? I know you want me to say Bennett, but I don't know how good he would be. No, I, I wouldn't say Bennett. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think a great bachelor would be the guy who I thought would have won last year's. Comp- I don't want to call it a competition, but last season's 
season, uh, so to say, I think Ben would be excellent. Yes, that's exactly who I was going to say. I, I think I think Ben would be excellent, man. I, I really do. I think Tasha. I, I hope she's happy with Zach, but I thought Ben and Tasha had a much better connection than I think if Ben was a little bit more out there, I think he would have won hands down. Yep. But that's just not his personality. I think Ben would be a really, really, really good bachelor. I completely agree. I think where Bennett, I think, would really shine is Paradise. Paradise? I think Bennett needs to be on Paradise, and I think Ed needs to be on Paradise. I couldn't agree more. You need to reunite reunite Noah and Bennett on Paradise. (sighs) Reunite uh, Ed and Chasen on Paradise, and then reunite, and then you take from this season, you reunite Yesenia and MJ. And uh, who was it? Brittany was her name? Yes. And Brittany and Scary Anna. There you go. You got eight contestants right there. I did all the work for the franchise. You're welcome. Keep Abigail off Paradise. Ah. She's she's too not she's too good for that. Well, Brittany, Brittany also was there for a, for a cup of coffee too. She had her her first night where she was in the middle of everything, and then the whole uh, hooker she, thing came yeah. out. And then when that was settled, nothing. Brittany was like the Spencer of last season because remember when yes. Spencer arrived, he, he arrived late. He has the good eyes and t- scoring points with Tasha. Everybody hated him talking, you know, yes. and then he just kind of disappeared. Like no one even looked at him ever again. Nope. The same thing happened with Brittany. It's like she had her grand entrance, had issues with somebody. Matt really was into her. And then she just disappeared. Matt sent her home. Like you, thanks you, for stopping by. You know, what's so funny that you say that. Because the same thing happened with The Bachelorette that's happening now with The Bachelor is the guy that shows up that stood out right away was Spencer. But then who's the guy from that second wave that really was the contender and things built around was Noah. Whereas now with The Bachelor, the gal that really popped off the start was Brittany. But then now, it's Michelle. She's a tall girl, by the way, Michelle. She's tall. Yes, she is. And I I will say this without spoiling anything. Her hometown was phenomenal. It was the Uh, best one by a mile. Probably. I could see it. You know, she's a very down-to-earth girl. I think that's Matt's a very – that's why I was a little surprised that Matt was friends with uh, Hannah – uh, I forgot her last name, but isn't she, like a, isn't she like a very like out there type of girl? Yeah, I don't. How is that? I just can't see her and Matt being that great of friends. But uh, I guess opposites attract with friendship. I, I don't know. Well, Matt is friends with Hannah Brown because Matt is friends with Tyler Cameron. So it's that whole connection that yeah. brought them together. But then now Matt is friends with Tyler. But Matt is also still friends with Hannah. He's a little bit of a sleeper to become a bachelor too. I think a lot of people like him in Bachelor Nation. Who? Ty- Tyler say. Oh my God! If if Tyler Cameron became the Bachelor, I I think the show would have record ratings. I <laughs> think the yeah, show uh, would have uh, record ratings. Yeah, I I really hope they don't choose Katie. Man, I think Katie would it would be made for Paradise. To be honest with you, I think to be honest with you, we're, we're talking about Paradise right now. You know who I heard is a little bit of a sleeper to go to paradise? Do share. Dale Moss. 
No. Even even though he's back with Claire? Well, oh, I didn't know he was back with Claire. I read yes. this I read this maybe two weeks ago or a week and a half ago that yes, Dale they would were, be they, they were, were snapped together? together in Miami. Oh, dude, dude. Dale. A joke. A joke. Just, Don't get me started. Because is well, I I've somebody told me that there's like a clause that the couples have to stay together three months after Really? This, this, I didn't think that was true, but I think I that's a little think fake that's news. True, but would I be surprised? No. I don't know. This might all be Dale on Bachelor in Paradise after the train wreck that he had with Claire. <laughs> that's, oh, that would be something. That's a borderline pay-per-view event right there. Hey, and you know who else you could throw in that that paper di- uh, that, that paper? Don't dice. say Claire. We we've had enough no. of her. No, 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 no. Who you know who you could throw in that paradise boat? Jason. Because Jason had the big time feels for Claire. But if you yeah. put Jason there with Dale, Dale cheated on Claire. You got the fireworks that are ready to go. Oh, 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 the, the big guy, the Jason. Yeah. Yes, big guy Jason. Big guy Jason, yeah. Who did the Definitely. whole seance with Claire and and, yeah. and just showed who he really was, only to just get completely fucked up. Dude, that guy had such CTE from football. I don't want to sound insensitive, <laughs> but bro. Like he was a former I know Dale's a football player too, but that guy looks sounds like he he lost like all he sounded just out there. He was out to lunch, as my <laughs> boss at work would say. Like Yeah, you know, just trying to keep it a hundred here. He was out to lunch. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I have a very interesting boss, to say the least. That's one of his uh, many uh, oh. funny things he says. Great guy. That, that is hysterical. Yeah. Oh, he's out to lunch. Oh, that got that got me good. Oh my lord. Anyway, oh, wow, that was funny. That was freaking funny. It's a, good, it's a good way to end off, but I'm sure we'll have more uh, Bachelor discussions as the weeks I, transpire in the show. I got to say, that's what I'm going to use. He's out to lunch. Oh, that's a good one. You know what else is a good one? I Maybe I share this on the show or another show. I have no idea. It might have been with Adam, actually. Um, but to say that someone is uh, is not so bright, don't want to be patronizing in any way, of course. But to say that someone is not so bright – a nice little idiom for that is he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I've heard that one before. I've heard that about quarterbacks throwing footballs. I heard that for the first time probably three, four weeks ago. I heard that one about three or four years ago. It's it's one of, it's one of the best things I've ever heard. Yeah, Maybe I'm uncultured then. If I, if I did not hear it until three, four weeks ago, it was one of the best things I've ever heard. Not well, even what? kidding. I'm glad you've heard it now. So, oh, welcome, it, it welcome to the club. Changed my life. Changed my life. It is an insult that I will use for the rest of time, for sure. All right, let's talk some NBA. Um, well, the Nets are good. The Nets are, are really good. And I think I'd they're the only so. team, the only team right now that isn't, I guess, on the down. Maybe the Jazz. But is anybody really taking the Jazz seriously at 25, uh, 25 and 6? No, the Nets beat them by 30 already this year, so right. I guess not. Right. I, I, I'm not taking the Jazz seriously. I'm not, personally. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm not taking – to me, there, it's a three-team race, possibly four-team race to win the NBA Finals. There's Brooklyn, of course. 
the Lakers. If Anthony Davis is 100%, if not, sure. then we can write them off. They'll put them in rice for a year. Agreed. The Clippers. My fourth team, to be honest with you, is not the Jazz. They worry me a little bit out of the East, but I think with the healthy Kev- with, with Kevin Durant in the fold, I think we could take care of them. No problem with seven-game series. This Philadelphia 76ers, they worry me yeah. a little bit. They worry me a little bit because Joel Embiid is a handful. Uh, if we get DeAndre Jordan playing like the way he's been playing since the Detroit Pistons lost, which, by the way, was a turning point for this Nets team. You had Jeff Green after the game talking to the team in the locker room, holding players accountable, kept calling people out for their effort. And ever since that game, the Brooklyn Nets have been a different basketball team. And it, they got DeAndre Jordan that they signed up for after that game because his effort against the Pistons that night when they lost by 11 was disgusting. And Dreadful. since then, and then since then, though, He's been playing defense. He's been a shot blocker. He's been a little bit better from the free throw line. Not still not great. It's still That's DeAndre ne- Jordan. It's never been but his thing. But he, I'm telling you right now, he is. Tur- I don't know if you watched Brooklyn. Uh, I do. These I do last a couple of weeks, but he is. You got it. I've been very critical of him for these past two years. I have to give credit to where it's due. But this, the Sixers are a handful, especially yeah. with Seth Curry, the addition of Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. But if I were the Sixers. If they would have simply traded Ben Simmons for James Harden, I think they win the East. I, I think that that wins the East. I think they they drop and the Miami Heat. You drop the ball there, not trading Tyler Hero and uh, Duncan Robinson. Uh, give me a break, because James Harden right now, you call me crazy. He's the MVP of the NBA. He's hmm. the MVP. I, I, I'm not going to call you crazy. Because I mean, my God, such a well-rounded ball player. He and he always plays. He now he always plays number one. But I think also we're seeing a different side of James Harden that we didn't necessarily see in Houston, where I think he knows that there is a guy in Brooklyn that is at and quite possibly above his level with Kevin Durant. And when he has that, he knows, okay, just got to share this ball because there's this all-world player playing next to me. And he, he, he's he been doing that. He's changed that aspect of his game. He did not do that in Houston, even with Russell Westbrook. Because I, I think everyone kind of felt like that James Harden was for as good as Russell Westbrook is. And he, he's good. Sometimes he's un, underappreciated in a lot of ways, but he's good. He was never at the level of James Harden. Never. And- and you need to give credit to where it's due also. A lot of people got on this guy, me included, and that's Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Playing off the ball, saying, James, you're going to run point, acknowledging that there's somebody out there that on his team that's better than him, took a little bit of a step back, kind of went into that mom. He turned on his mama mentality, his, his yeah. idol Kobe Bryant, and Kyrie Irving has been putting on an absolute show for the Brooklyn Nets, him and James Harden have been carrying this team since Kevin Durant's been injured, uh, you know, since the West Coast trip. And uh, two more quick shout-outs for my Brooklyn Nets, best team in the East, best team in the NBA, in my opinion. Uh, Joe Harris, no better three-point shooter in the NBA than Joe Harris. Uh, Very underrated. Shoot. Nobody talks about him. Catch and shoot. He's he His numbers are better than Kyle Korver's were when Kyle Korver made the All-Star team. Mm-hmm. That's how good Joe Harris is. And another quick shout-out, Sean Marks, uh, hidden gem. He does it again. I don't know how he does this every year. And that's Bruce Brown because Bruce Brown is a championship caliber role player that is going to get those loose balls. 
He's going to get rebounds. He's going to play defense. He's going to take on those tough assignments. He's going to bring that effort and energy off the bench, possibly even starting. Who knows if the, if the Nets go small, what they do. What an addition. It, it, it makes up for trading a first-round pick for Landry Shamit, who's been an absolute disaster. I've been seeing on shows like Undisputed, First Take, No Free Advertising, you know, it is what it is. They're, they're mainstream shows that they always include Landry Shamit in these conversations about the Nets. Never Bruce Brown, though. It, insulting. It really is. And TLC, he had a good game against the, the Lakers, but up until that game, he has not been producing. I wanted TLC out of the rotation. I thought we should have been giving Tyler Johnson some more minutes. Maybe Andre Roberson, who I know the Nets waived, but they, yeah, they waived. signed they signed him back. They're going to sign him back to a 10-day mm-hmm. contract with Iman Schumbert. So um, that's the state of the union right now for the Nets. I, I could, I've never thought this day would ever come in my entire life, but uh, yeah, it's a four team race. So for the Knicks fans that listen to this podcast, I know there are plenty of them. I want to ask you as an outsider, initial thoughts on the Knicks thus far. A lot of these Knicks fans crack me up because they really do. Because if you really think about it, they all, in a way, want to replace these players. And I know, just let me explain. Let me explain. I'm listening. This is a Stars League. We, we agree or not? It's a Stars uh, League. I hate 100% to break it agreed. 100% the net, agreed. It reminds me of my basketball team pre-KD, Kyrie, committing to come to Brooklyn. You had D'Angelo Russell. Reminds me a lot of what Julius Randle is doing for the Knicks this year. D'Angelo Russell was an all-star, too, for the Nets. Once thought of as a disappointing lottery pick for the Los Angeles Lakers, much like Julius Randle. And they have all these role guys that are contributing, young players like uh, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, R.J. Barrett, Nets had, you know, the Karis Leverch, Jared Allens, Spencer Dinwiddies. And all those guys are gone for the Nets for the better. And they're a title contender. And if you want to become a title contender, stars don't come to these big markets to play with Julius Randle or Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett. They don't come to play with Karis LeVert, D'Angelo Russell, all those guys. So they crack me up there, but they're building some type of foundation where they look like a competently ran franchise where a star could commit to go there because they're ran functionally. So it's funny. They, they crack me up there, but if I'm the Knicks, if I'm Tom Thibodeau, I don't like how he plays Alfred Payton all these minutes every night. I think that is a waste of time. Derek Rose coming to the Knicks. I, 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 it's a cool story and all, but is he really necessary? Like what exactly, what's he doing? Taj Gibson getting meaningful minutes over, he's playing more minutes than Obi Toppin the last time I checked. He is. Yes, he is. Like, what are we doing there? I don't know. I think a little bit more emphasis needs to be put on the younger players getting minutes and less about making the playoffs because what what are they going to do in the playoffs? Like, nothing. 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 So that's where I stand. But for the first time in a long time, a Knicks fan has reason to watch the Knicks play basketball. So that's certainly a step in the right direction. That's all, all I could say for now. But – they're doing it the right way, you, but now you have to land those stars or else it's it's not going to happen. You, you do not win by – go ask the Celtics. Go ask the Celtics. They, they sure. won all these trades and 
drafted well, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Wh- what has that gotten them? They have nothing to show for it. It's a stars-driven league. So yes. until the Knicks attract the star, I would probably trade for Bradley Beal if I was the Knicks. I don't know how you feel about all that, but i trade for him. I'm not opposed. I, I would trade anybody on the Knicks roster. I think anybody – I I mean, Jake, I agree with you that while the Knicks are very entertaining to watch and they are watchable at the moment and there is reason to be hopeful that there are better days ahead and what Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau are doing and the progress that they've made in such a short time is – it's commendable, and they should be given props for that. I think Fisdale was so bad, but Fisdale was 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 terrible. I, th- I, I just think he was that bad of a coach. It's a lot like Adam Gase with the Jets, right? Think that the yeah. team wasn't as bad as as most think. But I'm sorry, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I also think you take Steve Mills out of the equation now. You take him out of the day to day runnings of hey, things. S- Steve and... Mills, listen, didn't didn't Steve Mills sign them Julius Randle? He did. And didn't he draft? Uh, well, I guess R.J. Barrett. It is what it is. He did another thing that I thought was well. He he was the guy who drafted KP. He traded KP too, and then traded KP. Yes, which is okay. So that was what I was going to allude to. It was the trade of KP, which is looking better and better every day. Which is looking better. So he's damaged goods. Yeah, at this point in his career. So did Steve Mills do that? I just think Fisdale was that bad of a coach. I, yeah, I'm sorry. He looks like a nice guy and all, but. Um, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Well, I think the the whole thing that I was getting at was, yes, commend the job that Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau have done in terms of building the foundation so far and actually laying down a, a program, something to build on. But Jake, I completely agree with you where you need to get your hands on a star player that will come to New York and be able to lure other star players. And one of those guys is, yes, Bradley Beal. You get Bradley Beal to New York, you get him to commit, and then you start to see guys will start to pay attention to the Knicks and what they're doing. 2021, not the best free agent class in the world. You don't have that star. I think maybe the best free agent that you will possibly have, and and I don't think anybody should be paying him near Max Dollar, but he could command it, who knows, is DeMar DeRozan. That's probably the best that you're going to get. Right, so let me uh, just add a point on that. Go ahead. Not the best free agent class, I agree, but here's the beauty of the NBA. Tampering is a very real thing. It is. And I'm. You're telling me that James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant didn't have discussions this summer? Hey, cause a huge scene in Houston. Get out of there at all costs. Make it as ugly as possible. Give them no choice. He got his wish. Who's the star? Like, you never know. Like, people last year didn't think James Harden would ask out of Houston, right? True. Nobody thought. So, who's to say that who could become unhappy with their situation? Maybe Trey Young with Atlanta? Possibly. Um, I know he's not happy with losing. Like, who, who plays for Devin Booker? Yeah, that's that. That's with, the big with, one with the Suns. That's obviously the big one there. Carl you, Anthony you, Towns. Carl, that's a that's a really good one right there. So you really don't know, and that's why stars are so important because stars want to play with stars in the NBA. Yeah. 
you need at least two stars or else you're not winning the championship. Uh, you would agree with it there. Three stars are so important because eh, if one star gets hurt, okay, no problem. We have two stars still. We'll be able to compete with all the teams in the league. Just hopefully we're healthy in time for the playoffs. And if we get to the finals, the finals. So if you get Bradley Beal, that opens up the door for possibly another trade, another guy making it ugly where he forces his way to the Knicks where the Knicks pay less than the other teams bidding because he doesn't want to play for those other teams and will just cause another scene there. And then those other teams say, you know what? No, thanks. We're not interested. So not a great free agent class, but that doesn't mean you should not pursue Bradley Beal because there are other ways to attract stars and, and good players to the team via trade. No, Jake, I could not agree more. And, you know, you don't need to be going out and spending top dollar for free agents. You could take your arsenal of draft picks that you have. Thank you, Chris Porzingis. And you can go get, like you said, a Bradley Beal. Then maybe you wait and you get, you gear yourself up for 2022 when there is much more of a free agent class to be had. Maybe you get, maybe you get a Kawhi that's out there. Maybe Kawhi will want out of LA by then. Jimmy Butler will be out there as well, but who knows what Jimmy Butler will be by 2022. Who knows? Don't, don't say my boys. No, don't, no, I'm not, I'm not saying your boys. They're, they're, they're going back. I, that's not, that's not happening, but 2022 is a much, much deeper class where, you know, now it was, you know, six months ago, it was, Oh, the Knicks are just gearing up for 2022. So we can go make a run at Giannis and, you know, hope that pans out. But I actually think the Knicks kind of saved themselves from that because I don't really think that Giannis would have been, Oh, how do I say this? Oh, you would have taken him with open arms. Of course. Oh no, of course, of course. But I'm saying that I think at the end of the day, Giannis is not the kind of guy that would have wanted to be in a team full of stars. I yes. think he wants to be by himself is the point, which is not the way that, that this the league works. NBA works. Right. So and here's one for you. And I, again, I don't know if this makes sense to throw all of this money into a backcourt. Let's say that they do get Bradley Beal. Do the Knicks maybe just say, you know what, let's atone for past sins. We missed out on Steph Curry. Do we maybe just try and get him away from Golden State? Is that even a possibility? Uh, I'm not too sure. I think Clay Thompson's coming back to the Warriors next year. We think. Who knows? Think, uh, we thought yeah. that this year. I don't know. I think he wants I, – I think Steph is like one of those guys where he wants to stay with one team his whole yeah. career. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the type of guy to – It's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got so, nothing to prove. But yes, the the two and two definitely could be a match if if Curry was to ask out. I, I can't see him making it ugly enough and tarnishing no. his legacy in Golden State to, if it gets to James Harden type of point. Yeah. But and like you said before, it is Giannis to me is the way I cat the way I classify stars in the NBA is there's outcome changers, which is LeBron, Steph Curry. KD. KD. And then there's just the really good players that need another star. That you, you get what I'm saying? There's the yeah. Anthony Davis. We saw it with the Anthony Davis. How good were the mm-hmm. Pelicans? There's Giannis. James there's, Harden. There's James Harden. There's Kyrie Irving. There's plenty of those guys all over the league. I even consider Kawhi Leonard in that. Yeah. No. Nope. Absolutely. 
because Paul look, George went up, to, went, up, went up to Toronto. You can't even use Toronto. as I get it. He won a championship there. You have to give him credit. But I hate to tell everybody, if Kevin Durant is healthy for that full seven game, we even saw it when Kevin Durant they, played they lose. that yes. quarter and a half. They lose, even yeah. being up 3-1. And, and Clay Thompson, everyone's just went down for the Warriors. But Very you have to fair. give him credit. Very so uh, there's just those type of guys where it's okay. It, those are special players. Those are generational players. And I, I think that's what Giannis is. And I think the, the media and – the casual basketball fan thought he was something that he's not. Yeah. If that makes sense, but no, it makes a ton of sense. I, and, and like you said, the market, I just think he doesn't want those bright lights. He's a very quiet, mild mannered guy, which is perfectly fine. I'm, I'm glad that he's being something that he is and not something that he's not, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, but I do think Giannis would have been a, a welcome to, you can't say no to Giannis and Bradley Beal. I, I, I don't care. No. Um, no. what the circumstances oh, are but god it, no. it, like i said nicks keep keep on keeping on get get that first star another one will follow that learn from your mistakes with carmelo anthony all right get that second star be wise don't don't hug draft picks don't hug draft picks at all uh, seriously no it's true don't become boston don't become boring and ordinary and i think it's going to be okay and i'm going to offer you a little bit of a Hershey's kiss here. I know. I know you like stars. I I, I do like stars. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes. A little bit of a Hershey's kiss for the Knicks that may not have to wait until next season. They can a quick fix right now. With the injury to Mitchell Robinson, the Knicks have an opening for some size in their rotation. What if I told you there is one particular guy that was just made to play for the New York Knicks? Oh, I'm afraid. And that is former Kentucky Wildcat DeMarcus Cousins. Come on down. And the Knicks get another <laughs> player from Kentucky that was born to play in Madison Square Garden. And there we go. <laughs> you, you doesn't, know. He have to, doesn't even have to wait until next offseason. It could, it could be done right now. <laughs> you know, if you had said to me four years ago, DeMarcus Cousins to the New York Knicks, I would have said, oh, yeah, yes, please. Sure. Let's do it. Now it's just kind of like, oh, Marcus Cousins to the Knicks. Oh, I really yay. think the Knicks could be in on him. I, I, I seriously, I'm, I'm not I, joking. I, I would not be surprised. Honestly, I would not be surprised. Just, just for the memes, for the memes, they should just have a starting five of just all Kentucky Wildcats, please. John Wall, unfortunately, is not going to get out of that contract with the Houston Rockets, or else say you, you could really get the band back together. But yeah, I. Just a curiosity here um, as a Knicks fan. Yeah. Because uh, I talk about this a lot with my Nets fans, friends, where we talk about the buyout market, the trade market. And how would you feel if the Knicks traded for Andre Drummond, like floated? He only has one year. He only has this year left on his contract. Um, or what do you think there? If you're the Knicks, would you slide like maybe two seconds for him? I think, you know, if, you, if you're saying to me that you can get, if it's two second round picks for Andre Drummond, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but my whole thing, it really just comes down to once Mitchell Robinson comes back, is Andre Drummond going to be a bench guy? It's the same no. issue that the, the Cavaliers were having. It's the with, same with Jared thing. Allen. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's just, he, he's made to come to Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn is the spot for Andre Drummond. I can't think of a better spot for him. <sighs> I'm, I'm trying to think of Dallas. Maybe. 
Dallas needs a but big what, Dallas what needs fun, so much. But if, but, if, but if you're Andre Drummond on the buyout market, like what fun is it going to a team that's what in tenth place in no, he's not the Western he's not going Conference. Dallas, Dallas like, needs so much. Yeah, like who else could be in on Miami, another team that's in tenth place in the East, really? Maybe you, you want to go there? Milwaukee? Maybe. Maybe. I I get but they have Brooke Lopez though. I guess if yeah, if, uh, you know. I, again, I think, just meant, I think the it's Nets, meant to be. The Nets make too much sense. Maybe, I maybe Boston. Yeah, but if you're Boston right now, just looks they're not going anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon. So if you're Andre Drummond, what? There we have Tristan Thompson too. Who's yeah? The thing, the thing is cleaner, with Boston. The thing is with Boston is they're a good team. Everybody knows that. But they just kind of ride this line where it's it's just flat. There's nothing that suggests to anybody that Boston is a a great team. They never they, went for it. They're a very good team. That's the thing. That's where maybe Danny Ainge needs to take they, some of the blame is yes. that they never went for it. They never got a superstar guy to go with the young prospects that they have who are very, very good. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, very, very good, but they're not the kind of guys that are going to put you over the top in an Eastern conference where you have Joel Embiid playing out of his mind, MVP level in Philadelphia. And then the trio that's in Brooklyn. And then to an extent, what is going on in Milwaukee with, with Giannis. Yeah, I think they have a lot of buyer's remorse with Kyrie Irving, which, by the way, shout out to the Celtic fans that tried telling me two years ago in the summer that Kemba Walker was going to be better than Kyrie Irving. <laughs> LOL at that one. That's Thank silly. you. Got a good chuckle. That's but silly. a good thing the Knicks didn't sign him that offseason either. Can you imagine that disaster? Anyway. God. Anyway. If you were to give Danny Ainge a do-over, I think he would go out there and do whatever it took to get Anthony Davis to the Boston Celtics. I think they had the best package at the time. I said it I said it over and over again. I said, if Boston wants him, they got him. And what, what were you holding on to that was so valuable that you couldn't get Anthony Davis? I get it. Jalen Brown's been an all-star this year. He's not even close to the player Anthony Davis is. No. I, no. Marcus not, Smart. Not in the same stratosphere. There's... Other than Jason Tatum, everybody and anything should have been on the table for Anthony Davis. And they didn't do it. And this is a stars-driven league where a good team with stars can say, okay, we're going to coast this game, but the last like six to eight minutes, we're going to turn it up and win by 10. Isn't that what the Lakers were doing pretty much every night last year? That's what Brooklyn's doing this year. Yeah. Playing the Kings neck and neck, and then last night, six minutes left in the game. Okay, boys, let's turn it up. Harden for I, three, Kyrie for three, J- Joe Harris wide open, and the it it starts raining all of a sudden. And it's I remember last year, and I've been doing it a little bit this year, but it was mainly last year, where this year I've been doing it with the Nets, but last year it was heavy, heavy, heavy Lakers, where when I would be looking at the live lines and everything like that, the second I would see a Lakers comeback line at plus, bam, hit it. I do that with the Warriors when when KD was there when they were like yeah. losing in the fourth quarter. Like, come on, the Warriors are going to lose. Right, right. It's the it's the same thing. You have these teams that just kind of like you said coast through, but then when they have to turn it on, 
they turn it on and they could beat anybody. That was the Warriors three, four years ago. That was the Lakers last year. And now it's the Nets. That's why it's so important for these teams to find guys that are going to hustle every night because it's tough to find motivation sometimes if you're a star player. It's like, okay, do we really need to go all out, balls to the wall against, like, who's an irrelevant team? Like, the Memphis Grizzlies. Sure. You know, we're planning on winning a championship. That's why you need guys like a Bruce Brown, who I love a lot, and role players like that to kind of give you that sense of motivation to kind of pick up the slack or lack of effort from your stars because they're not going to show it every night. I don't care what anybody tells me. They're they're trying to be available for the games that actually matter, and that's why those players are so important because that helps your seating in the standings. So that you learn a lot about the NBA landscape, seriously. Then it's not what it was five, not even five years ago. No, no, it's it, the the league is completely different now. It's completely completely different now. It's a stars league, yeah, and it's going to remain a stars league for the foreseeable future it's good it's, it's that's just the way it's going to work and by the um, way a little side note yeah, here i'm sorry i know i know you got to move on no go but ahead we talked about this guy a lot you know who i noticed last night who really balling out on that court at barclay center wasn't someone playing for the brooklyn nets oh mr tyrese halliburton we we said it in the preseason mm, show yeah the one that got away look I, I I said it to you. I said it to everybody. Halliburton was you the did. guy. Was the guy. You did. You did tell me for the draft. I, I even t- I remember I texted you. I said, who's the pick? You said it should be Halliburton, but it's going to be Toppin. Yeah. I, that's like, that's the one black guy so far. The yeah. One black eye is Halliburton over Toppin. Why we didn't do that, I have he's so, no, he's no go, idea. He's going to be a superstar. Him and yeah. Aaron Fox. Oh, that's gonna be cold. <laughs> that could be. That could be another guy that Nick's just going trade for. Very under the radar too. De'Aaron Fox, or maybe Tyrese Halliburton. Who knows? Yeah, that would be the biggest. That would be the biggest. Yeah, sorry, we fucked up on that one. What is Tyrese. it? He he's got to be the MVP. What do you? No, nah, not MVP, but he's probably Rookie of the Year. Him or uh, Ball, right? It has to be. I I think the the odds are front runner right now is is still uh, Lamelo. But Tyrese but, Halliburton's got to be climbing up those ranks. He's a good bet, honestly. I think he's a really good bet. A really, really good bet. Really good he, odds. He is just playing out of his mind while Obi is barely getting on the floor. But that's a whole Rittage different Gibson, story. Who wasn't Rittage on an Gibson. NBA roster at right. the start of the season. Right. Go figure. I mean, all you need now, I mean, if, if Thibodeau really wants to get the band back together, he should be going to sign Joachim Noah, and he should be training for Jimmy Butler. Get, just, just get the ball back. Another friend of the Knicks. You'll keep that one. Yeah, an- another friend. Another friend of the, of the Knicks. Love, loves New York. Just have a great relationship, I'm sure. All right. Now let's get on something we can actually be on common ground about, shall we? So Major League Baseball. And the last time we talked about baseball, there was not really a lot that really shook the foundation of the league. Um, that really changed with the Dodgers – going out and breaking the bank again for Trevor Bauer. And they are the odds are favorite to odds on favorite to win the world series again. Uh, Jake, my question for you to start the conversation is how good are the Dodgers? Well, I think the Mets dodged a major bullet because I'm telling you right now, Trevor Bauer is not going to be good this year. Maybe he is because the pressure's not on him, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, 
he did not warrant what that contract was. $40 million this year for Trevor Bauer? A joke. A, a career four ERA, I think I read. Like two years under a four ERA. What is a that, a joke? joke? An absolute joke. He's more con- I'm telling you right now, he's more concerned with tweeting and his agent and Marketing. every Mark. He's more concerned about Trevor Bauer than he is about winning mm-hmm. and the team. And I'm telling you right now, the major, the, the consensus opinion on Trevor Bauer by his peers in major league baseball, it's not very good. No. If you were to ask them, I sure. If you know, a reporter asked about, Hey, what's truck? They're not going to say anything bad. They don't want to be in the headlines. It's not what they, this isn't basketball or this isn't, you know what I'm saying? This isn't like a, a, a uh, like the UFC, where like you don't like somebody, you're you not say gonna it. Sugar, you it's say a very exactly. PC environment. Exactly, yes. But if you were to take a vote, it would not be a positive opinion of Trevor Bauer. And I, I really hope that he has we he has a bad year where we just don't hear from him ever again because it, he's getting on my nerves with all the tweets and the marketing and too much. And the Mets, don't be upset. You guys still have an awesome rotation. You were better off without this clown. Paying him $40 million a year. What a joke. A joke. He thought he was worth, what, 10 years to get the same contract as Gar- Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole? Yeah. yeah. Joke. Oh, give me a break. I would say this. The, f- the ceiling is high for someone like Bauer because we know he can be good, as evidenced by last year with Cincinnati winning the Cy Young. In, in a Fugazi season, bro. Yes. Yes, of course. When but, was it? Such but, a joke. I hate him. But putting that all aside, you look at on paper what the Dodgers have in Bueller coming off a down year. Kershaw still is very, very serviceable. Bauer, and then what they have in that lineup. Probably the best one and nine lineup in baseball. It's not impossible still to take down the Dodgers. Cause I think there is more of a, there are more teams now I would say that can be a threat to the Dodgers, namely, you know, the Mets in a seven game series with the Dodgers, the, the Phillies take it for what it is. They can be a threat. And of course the biggest one of all the Padres who now just gave 14 years worth of money to Fernando Tatis. Right. I I'm going to disagree with you a lot there. I think baseball is I think baseball is at a very low point uh from a competitive standpoint. Uh, I think we're heading towards a strike next year with Oh, that's all that, the craziness that's, that's going on. That's a different conversation. There there's so many issues with baseball that it's to the point where this is a three-team race to win the World Series. It, it, the, the American League is not competitive. The Yankees are far and away the best team in the American League. There's nobody even close to the New York Yankees. Nobody. There's there, not not one team. The Astros don't have Garrett Cole anymore. Justin Verlander's hurt. Who knows what's left of him coming back from a major arm injury. Jose Altuve, when he doesn't know what pitches are coming, is he really that good? Bregman, still a stud. Correa, never stays healthy. No. Springer's gone. I mean, lucky to retain Brantley. The Astros are not even close to the New York Yankees. No, the only I mean, the Yankees the Yankees will come out of the American League. I think 
I guess the Chicago White Sox are the second best team in the American League by default. I mean, the Rays, the team that went to the American League that won the American League pennant last year, traded away their ace and their big game pitcher in the playoffs. Yep. Shouldn't yep. that say it all? Yeah, and I was I was even going to say the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays got to be put in Can't the pitch. discussion as well. They have no pitching, but their lineup is good. They have no, no, no bullpen, no. Yeah, your lineup is good. Yeah, no. I, I still, uh, until the Blue Jays come into Yankee Stadium and win some meaningful games, which they've never done, Fair. They, they can't be taken seriously. Now, the Rays fair. have had a history of giving the Yankees fits well before last season. The Blue Jays, the Orioles, and the Twins. I know the Orioles are just haven't been good ever, but just yeah. when the Orioles were good under Buck Showalter. Those three teams I'll never take seriously until proven otherwise. Fair. And then in and then in the National League, it's the Dodgers, and then there's the Padres. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, the two teams that spent the most money this offseason. What a surprise. And the Mets, no. Not there yet. I would put the Mets in that discussion as the best of the rest. No, a lot. No, I would put the, the Padres. Or you're putting the Padres number two. Yes, and I'm then putting the, the Padres and Dodgers. See, in no, the I think the I think the Braves and the Nationals are better than the Mets are. Because you have, if you're the Mets, yes, Jacob Degrom is Jacob Degrom. I have no idea what I'm getting from Noah Syndergaard. That's Marcus fair. Marcus Stroman, a, another clown that's more obsessed with his own <laughs> brand yeah. and. Hey, thank God he's not a Yankee. He, oh, thank God he blocked me on Twitter like two years ago. By, by the way, when I really, I didn't, even, I didn't even tweet at him, and he blocked me because so he must have been searching his name. And all I said was I would prefer the Yankees to trade for Madison Bumgarner, and that Marcus Stroman. I said I said that I would have the same level of confidence in Stroman pitching as I would with Domingo Herman pitching, and I guess he got offended. And it's true, it's true. Herman Herman's hey. best year was better than. Was, it, True, you know, it's won 17 games that year. Domingo, that was before all the, you know, the crap with Domingo. But hey, and Marcus Stroman's not a Yankee fan. He won't. He he will no, be the I'm first sure one not. to admit, not a Yankee fan. So he's a clown. Cookie Carrasco, great story. He beat cancer. God bless him. But I'm sorry, I watched him pitch against the Yankees last year in that wild card game. One time through the order, second time through the order, he wasn't fooling anybody. No. So they have some questions there in that rotation. That bullpen, still brutal. Edwin Diaz, Batances, best days are behind him. him. And and their most reliable reliever, Seth Lugo, he's hurt. Their second most reliable reliever is currently pitching for the New York Yankees right now, Justin Wilson. That's true. So very true. No, Mets not quite there yet. Will be entertaining, no doubt. Um, Should be, I think that they'll probably be a wild card team. But as of right now, the Nationals are back. They had they kind of threw away last year, but they're going to be competitive this this season in a real season. They don't have the championship hangover. And then the Atlanta Braves, a team that got better this offseason, that won the division the year before. And we'll be doing a full MLB season preview. I so love yeah, love, love uh, the MLB. There will be there will be a whole episode that we do before opening day where we just talk straight baseball for an hour, yeah. hour and a half. Let me ask you one thing. Shoot. How do you feel about Brett Gardner coming back to the Yankees? Oh, God. Yeah, my dad had the same reaction, but guy, they gave him, what, like $2 million guaranteed? That's, I guess, his base salary this year. That's backup money. And let me tell you something. Regardless of what you think about him, Brett Gardner has been a really good Yankee. Yeah, no. He's, he's, been, a, he's been a great Yankee. 
probably and, the most underrated Yankee over the last 10 years, I would say. I could, I could get behind that, but those guys in that locker room, a lot of young players, there's no reason why Brett Gardner can't be the fourth outfielder on this team. None. And Clint Frazier is still going to play every day in left field. Thank God. They'll give him a day here and there. If anybody goes down, which, let's face it, Aaron Judge is bound to get hurt at some point. And, exactly. And Stanton, I don't know what we're doing putting Stanton in the outfield for drills. I mean, what do we we want him hurt already? It was a, yeah, we do. What's going um, on? I don't know what we're doing there. I guess, you know, Boone, I have a little bit of an axe, an axe to grind with Boone. Oh, don't we all? First, yeah. Don't we yeah. all? But – for the most part, I mean, it's hard to complain. The guys just won 100 games his first two years, but this is this is the Yankees. We don't judge the regular season. It's about your performance. I don't give a shit about him winning 100 games the first two no. years. I really yeah. don't. This is the Yankees, not like, uh, I don't know, the Twins. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't know what we're doing there. So, Gardner, no reason why he can't be the fourth outfielder. He's better than Mike Talkman. Yeah. No, no yeah. doubt about that. He can no still run a little bit. The defense is still there. Still can track a ball. And left field, right field can give you – you can play all three outfield spots, give you a professional at bat, never had a good arm. He's a backup player, and that's what we signed him for. And I'm, I'm glad Gardy's back because uh, I want to I wanna win this this 28th World Series with Gardy and get him that second ring. That would mean a lot. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if, if he is going to be that fourth outfielder when ideally everyone is, is, is healthy – then it's not the worst thing in the world because you have a guy that knows what it means to be a Yankee. You have a guy who is a professional and he is going to come in and he'll do a job when required. Sure. I think it's more that people are, they don't trust that Aaron Boone is going to do the right thing when it comes to Gardner versus Frazier. And the first chance that he gets to put Gardner in as the majority guy in left field, he, he's going to do it. Let, That's let give the you, biggest concern that I have. Let me give you a rebuttal to that. Sure. Aaron Boone does not make the lineup for the Yankees. That's number one. That is Brian Cashman and his computer nerds. And Fair. Brian and Brian Cashman, Brian Cashman said uh, about four years ago when Clint Frazier was acquired for Andrew Miller that Clint Frazier had the quickest bat he's ever seen other than Mike Trout. He loves Clint Frazier. Yeah. He was rumored in every possible trade, and, and he's, he's still here. here. Yeah. And he's been here. Loves Clint Frazier. Was a Gold Glove finalist last year. The defense has improved. It's Clint time. It don't do don't get worried. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Don't, don't get worried. Don't get worried. But maybe if they play a, a tough righty, I I don't know. I just I can't see anything other than an injury forcing Gardner into that everyday lineup. But if, if Gardy's in there due to injury, I, I feel comfortable still. I don't think this team misses a beat. I, I think the Yankees have truly two irreplaceable players, Judge and Garrett Cole. Other than that, everybody's replaceable. And, and, and DJ LeMahieu to an extent. I was, I was about to ask you. I mean, DJ LeMahieu, who has been to an for the extent, last two years, he's been, our, he's been our most consistent player. It's not been he, close. To an extent, but... The Yank, he's not exactly what I would call like I described with basketball. He's not an outcome changer, if no. that makes sense. No, he's a great, great, great complimentary player that's needed. But you don't, you take Aaron Judge out of the Yankee lineup, they're not, they're not going anywhere. Plain and simple. You take Garrett Cole, well, Garrett Cole is their most important player. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's no debating that. But yeah, um, there's two two irreplaceable players. 
Cole, Judge, then there's LeMayu. Other than that, you, you can't make the argument. They'll they'll be fine. They'll still win hundred games. They'll they'll find somebody off. They'll find another Luke Voigt just yeah, hanging out yeah. in AAA. Yeah, they'll find another Luke Voigt. I'm not necessarily concerned about that. My whole thing is I you take Aaron Judge out of this lineup. We've seen it before. The Yankees will still be able to move. Now, when it comes to the postseason, you know, if Judge is not there, Correct. that's an entirely different story. Yes. I mean, you take Cole out of this rotation at any point, whether it's in June, whether it's in August, whether it's in October, doesn't matter. They, really love they, they're screwed. Yeah. They're screwed. Plain and simple. Love the additions Cashman made to that rotation this offseason. I think he yeah. got rid of two bad pitchers. Tanaka and Paxton, very much so. It was time to move off of them, and he got two good pitchers. I think Corey Kluber is going to throw great for the Yankees this year. As a matter of fact, low risk. You, you can you can quote me on this one. Corey Kluber, if he's healthy, will have a better season than Trevor Bauer. You could take that one to the bank. If he's healthy, yeah, I, he's I can buy it. He he's. I've always wanted Corey Kluber in a Yankee uniform. I think he's perfect. It's good. I'm telling you right now, it's it's going to look like one of the more genius moves of Cashman's tenure, arguably as a Yankee. I really think it's going to work out for them. And then Jamison Tyone out of, out of four seam fastball hell with the Pittsburgh pirates going to yeah. be going to be throwing more four seamers. He throws upwards of 96, he throws about 96 to 99 miles per hour, just straight gas Yeah, with that four seam fastball with his best buddy, Garrett Cole, the Yankees analytic department. That's with, with what? Two years of team control on his yeah. contract right now. And a oh, very, man. very nice price we get we got for him was oh, not much. God, James Paxton and Jay Happ are making double the amount that Jameson Tyone is making. Yeah, that should that should be a felony in most states. So, <laughs> seriously, and then to get rid of Adam Adovino's horrible contract number this year of nine and a half million, you go out there and you turn that into Justin Wilson, who is a very good reliever for the Mets, another lefty to that underrated, bullpen. very underrated, underrated. again. And speaking of underrated, Darren O'Day, who just year in and year out is very tough on right-handed hitters. And then that's there. So you got those two guys for one reliever and you still had enough flexibility to get Guardy back on an affordable deal to make everybody happy and be your fourth outfielder. Uh, Drop of the mic to Brian Cashman. What an offseason. Very quietly, too. And very very quietly and very quietly, too. Won't make many, uh, many headlines, but. Jay Bruce is better than what Mike Ford is giving you off the bench as a left-handed power hitter. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Mike Ford, no. I don't want that. No, thank you. Um, before we move on to the Mount Rushmore, I want to ask you one more thing about the Yankees. And this is a concern that I think a lot of people have. I don't have this concern. I don't think it matters as much. But as far as the more traditional baseball people go, uh, they have the concern about the rotation in terms of being too right-handed. And, of course, you know, four righties and one lefty with Jordan Montgomery. Should that be a concern, or are these baseball nerds just freaking out a little bit too much? Well, if you look at our competition in the American League, is there really any lefties that stand out to you? Not that I can think of. That's basically what I said. I I really can't I can't think of many, if any. In you terms look, of on the contenders? Yeah. I I I can't think of any. So that has to be part of their thought process, no? Yeah, but but then what happens, you know, unless 
I mean, look, if you're going up against the Dodgers in the in the World Series, you know, but you got to get there first. You, you you can't plan on right. Of course, who's to say who's to say that the Dodgers even get there? Sure, but then that's where I was getting at is if you're going against the Dodgers, the Dodgers sort of have the same problem where they have uh, Dustin May and then they have Bauer, they have Walker Bueller, and they have Kershaw and, and David Price. Who, if it, if the Dodgers it, had any common sense, ooh. if they meet the Yankees in the in the playoffs, keep David Price. At his house. He can Perfect. opt out of that series. I, I wouldn't blame him. Hey, if, if, um, if he wants to pitch in Yankee Stadium, he can. But, but we'll we will back. With, with, with the fans. Back, yeah, with back the in fans. the stands. Oh. With the fans. We'll welcome him home. Yeah. 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 Welcome him home. But, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Like you said, you can't really plan on that. I think you kind of do your scouting and your analytics based on the competition in your own league yes. rather than an, an interleague team. You cross that bridge when you get there. Yep. That, that's and you and you have plenty of le- and you brought up the lack of lefties. You have three really good lefties coming out of that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Really, really good lefties coming out of that bullpen. So that's what I said. I, I I don't have that concern. I don't. And we get my good buddy Nestor Cortez coming back. Yes, sir. Hopefully he yes, makes the do. team. Big Nestor guy. Don't sleep. No, I'm, very, not, I'm not sleeping on, on was Nestor. A, was a very good follow up guy for for Chad Green. Hopefully we don't have to see Chad Green as the opener anymore, but. I hope to God not. Hopefully, I would rather see Nestor Cortez than Johnny Loisica. Yeah, I, seriously. And our good buddy Adam Warren is back. I know he's True. a righty, but who who are we going to put Adam Warren uh, in in a, in a deal for now? I don't know. It's going uh, some, to someone. Adam Warren is getting traded for somebody, probably, and it, it, probably somebody relevant as well. Pro- probably, and then that team will cut him, and he will be back with the Yankees. Hundred percent, only for the whole process. Just keep recycling itself. Yes, just to exactly. keep trading him. He'll be ninety years old, and Brian Cashman we wanted to sign him just to trade him for somebody. Yes, him and Brett Gardner are the Rajal Ghoul of <laughs> Yankees modern day. They just they don't die. They they're immortal. They they will just when you think it's over and they're they're out of your life for good, they're back. Oh my! It's not the day God. they died. That's that's their motto. <laughs> All right. All right. You ready for Mount Rushmore? Let's knock it out, my man. Okay. Mount Rushmore subject for today, folks, is we're doing it on actors and actresses. Here's how we're going to do it. Just to make it a bit more interesting and get equal representation, because we are an equal representation podcast, of course. Two actors, two actresses. No particular order. Doesn't matter. Of course, strategy goes into this. So maybe Jake will take his actors first or his actresses first. Doesn't matter. It's up to him. Let's go back and forth on this one. You give one, I give one. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm I'm good with that. You I will, you know what? The floor is yours, Jake. I will, I'll give you first crack. Well, my favorite actor is well documented. is Adam Sandler. That, Good, you can have that yeah. one. Love him. You you could have you can yeah absolutely one thousand percent have and, that and, one. And you could have horrible taste. It's fine. <laughs> um. Oh shit. So, I mean, there. are there's oh my god i don't even know where to begin in terms of who do i want to take because there's one that i want to have i just don't know if you're going to 
take this person. But I'm going to do it anyway. Meryl Streep. No. Devil Wears Prada. No. Mamma Mia. Fantastic films. No. Definitely Fantastic not. Fantastic films. Love them. No. All right, good. I should have saved that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Hmm. Okay, not, not, not on my radar, but very nice to look at. Yeah. A very great nice actor. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I can't think of a Jennifer Aniston movie that I didn't like. Uh, neither can I. Neither can I. I will say, though, probably her, cl- her, I mean, her claim to fame is Friends. One of the most overrated TV shows of all time. Um, yeah, probably. I don't think I've watched an episode of Friends that I can actually say I've actually enjoyed. And I know that there are people listening to this podcast right now that are screaming at me. But sorry. Sorry. I only, I only watched it because several members of the opposite sex, opposite sex that I've hung out with wanted to watch Friends. Because apparently it's a great film for the female, uh, great film, great show for the females to want to watch in their spare time. So, of course, you know, you got to, for lack of a better phrase, give some to get some. There you go. There you go. Next. Um. All right. This is more of a uh, this is definitely a, a personal one for me because he is my favorite actor of all time. I'm going with Mr. Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp. Mm. Zayt. Why? Eh. Are you not a Pirates of the Caribbean guy? Uh, kind of. Kind, kind of, of. Kind of. How could you be kind I, of? I, I haven't seen him in a while, but they were kind of boring and long after a while. Don't, what? You know, nah. Not you a big Pirates of the Caribbean crazy. guy. Crazy. No. Oh I mean, you're, you're, you're you're over here telling me Adam Sandler isn't funny and not a good actor. I mean, well, oh, well he's not what, funny and he's not a good actor. Oh, that, well, that this is, is this is just pure amateur hour here. Like that is universally pure, known. Pure, pure. So you're telling me you watched like let's think of an Adam Sandler. You watched Happy Gilmore and didn't laugh. I laughed then more. You, then then you're beating up on Bob Barker more than anything else. I think you need to just get your sense of humor checked out. Like you saw oh, that I have and didn't a laugh. Fantastic. Big Daddy. You just didn't laugh. No, Big Daddy. I did oh, not laugh. I did not God. find that very funny. I will say the one Adam Sandler movie that I did actually happen to, I found myself enjoying was Waterboy. Okay. Well, duh. Yes. Of course. Of Billy course. Madison. You, you didn't laugh. Fun fact I've never seen Billy Madison. Okay. Well, you need to go check that out because that movie is arguably the best Adam Sandler movie. Okay. I, I, I will check it out and I will put my disdain from Adam for Adam Sandler aside. Yeah. And for the next podcast, I will come back and I will give you a full detailed report on how I felt about Billy Madison. I, I could I already see how this is going to go. You're going to go, well, <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> I, I really don't see it. I, I, already, I already know how it's going to go. You know, that was a very good impression of me, I got to say. <laughs> I, I don't see it. <laughs> What exactly was so funny about this? I I know I know I know how you operate. I know you well enough by now. But it's, it's all right. 
you know, oh, that the, made my the, day. The, the people with the with, with the sense of humor, the people listening, they could appreciate uh, some good comedy analysis and no problem, people. Now that no, was no funny. Problem. That was funnier than anything Adam Sandler's ever put out. You should you should be in fucking Grown Ups Five. <laughs> people have told me, uh, you know, I wouldn't that, be terrible in showbiz. So that I, was damn brilliant. Thank that, you. That made my day. I'm a good impression. That's that's a fun fact you may not know about me. I was very uh, well known on my uh, college baseball team and even high school baseball team for very funny impersonations of the coach and people on the team. Fun fact. Well, that was my I, talent for the talent show for uh, I, freshman year. I could say that was pretty spot on for me. That I might have I might have to challenge on. the uh, the guy at Barstool that does all the impersonations. Like, I don't know his would- name. You'd win. I, I'd, I'd give you. i give you your vote. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That carries um, a lot of weight with me. All right, you're up. <laughs> all right, getting back on track here. This one was really tough for me. I mean, Adam Sandler's my favorite actor. Um, <laughs> you know, I was very back and forth with this one. You're gonna laugh at me because I. Well, first of all, I really like comedy movies. I know you're much more serious. I love Kevin James. That's my like. Good pick. Him and Sandler are two peas in a pod, and like, it, like with Adam Sandler, you can't find me a Kevin James movie that like you didn't laugh at all. And like, guy is absolutely hysterical, and he's a Long Island native. And by the way, Kevin James, by the way, um, first class guy, first class guy. I don't know if you I saw. Heard. I don't have. Have you seen the new or have heard of? the new show on Netflix called the crew. I've heard about it. Yes. So my, uh, my, uh, you know, for the people that don't know me, I'm the security supervisor here. Um, we did, uh, Kevin James, the crew, which was filming over at gold coast studios. We, we sent, uh, we had staff there, um, you know, doing the security for the, making sure everyone's following the, the COVID protocols. You know, nobody's breaking into the set or anything like that. Not, not disturbing Kevin James and Kevin James said, hello. Goodbye. It was, a first class guy I heard gave them all nice gifts and uh, you know, the, 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 the cast there really took care of the people we had there. It was, they, they were great people. And I love that. Um, that goes a long way with me. And that's a lot of these celebrities are very, uh, they get too big for where they came from and they, they don't connect. Well, I don't know, but Kevin James also is hysterical. Like, come on, you're, you're, you're telling me like, let's think mall cop. Absolutely hysterical. Yes. Chuck and Larry hysterical. I know Chuck was, that was funny. That was some funny shit. I know it's your boy Adam Sandler. Yeah. Funny shit. Love Kevin James. That's moral of the story. Great guy. Uh wish him well with the crew. Hopefully they're back for season two, because that means uh we're back as well. Now that is a great, great choice. That one I can get very much behind. Did not think of Kevin James, but that is a great choice. I can get behind that one. Big Jets fan as well. Uh yes. Yes, well documented. Well documented. All right, so you have your actors done. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a lady now. Um, let's see. A lady. I have a few. I really have a few that I can that I can go for. Um, one of well, the one that I am thinking of thinking of going for 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm 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 going with it. it I, national fucking treasure needs to be protected at oh God, all. I know who I know exactly who this is gonna be. Go ahead. Betty White has to be. Okay. I thought you were gonna say Megan Fox, but Oh okay. no, 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 no. She didn't no. Ugh. Overrated. I like Betty White. Yeah. Betty Good White. Choice. Betty White. Golden Girl. Great show. Yeah. Great show. Okay. This one I was a little bit on the fence with as well. Okay. I'm gonna go with Cameron Diaz. That that was another one I was thinking of. She she's you know, she's also on the I think she's on the Derek Jeter uh, baseball diamond too. But, I, um, I was about to say, yes, she is. Yes. So but to be honest with you, you know what's really been growing on me is uh I think she's gonna be a huge star uh after the show, but uh, Riverdale's Lily Reinhardt. I think she's a great actress. I, I think that she's going to be. She was on the the, the movie Hustlers mm-hmm. uh, with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Lopez, um, last fall. I think she's going to get a ton of other opportunities. That's obviously bigger than Riverdale. I think that's going to catapult her uh, in Hollywood. But yeah, no, Cameron Diaz. Come on, come on. You, you, what, the other woman, hysterical. I mean, what a movie that was. You had Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann, and uh, what was it? Kate Upton was the third actress. I, yes. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, come on. So in one movie. So a fun fact for you, and I have to look this up on what movie it was. It well, Okay. Yes. So Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher filmed. Yep. Love one, that movie. What happens in Vegas? Yes. They filmed a sequence for what happens in Vegas at Ohiga Castle, which is like two minutes from me. Not also, even. yeah, we also did security there as well. Yeah, great place. Yeah, very haunted too. After hours, oh, I don't know if you knew that. Very haunted. I, I very, definitely very feared haunted. for the overnight guard safety there. Uh, fun fact: uh, the old producer for the Basement Talk podcast, uh, Matt Birdsall, he was overnight security at Ohiga once upon a time old producer that must that that's news to me well he um he has not contributed to the efforts in uh in in quite a while i want to see him on the quizvitational i can get that done continue i can get that done uh yes ohika is very haunted very 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 haunted and i have stories that i can tell you for another time but they filmed uh, sequence. I believe it might have been a polo match or something like that on the front lawn of. I the remember castle. that scene, and I remember because there was word going on where you know people were saying, "Oh shit, there's a movie being filmed at the castle with Cameron Diaz and, and Ashton Kutcher." They were seen, you know, around town, and I remember the night that they filmed that. The castle was lit up. It was like the 4th of July. And me and a group of people that live in the neighborhood, we were just like, okay, you know, let's just go down and, and see what's going on. And you have one of the holes on, on the golf course where you can look over the fence and you can just kind of see what's, what's up. And, you know, you have the whole production trucks and everything like that. And I couldn't, like, get the face because it was too far away. But there's just this bleach blonde, and I said, "Yeah, that's Cameron Diaz right there." So you're you and your friends that went to go check this out is why they have security personnel at these movie shoots. 
Well, no, because we weren't on castle premises. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. With technically, you, we yeah. were not. But I, I'm sure you wish you were, though. Of course, because Cameron Diaz is, is wonderful. She's she's absolutely fabulous. Uh, but I will say that there was one event for at the castle where we like were right there and. There was a whole it was like a security breach, like nobody knew how the hell it happened. And like there were security guards that were like going ballistic, like, oh, how the fuck do these people get this close? We were just walking on the golf course just for fun. They had closed the golf course for this event. And we were like, what the fuck is going is going on? And it turned out that it was the wedding of get this. Kevin Jonas. Kevin Jonas. Kevin Jonas. Not okay, Nick that's, that's, and not yes. Joe. Yes. Okay. So the one with the oh, not even Joe. Kevin. The the more like the, the normal re, one. The, the more normal one. Yes. He had like that kind of long curly. Yes. Hairdo that thing. Kevin. Yes, because Joe Jonas is with um, the actress from Game of Thrones, and then Joe Jonas. Uh, no, Nick Jonas is now living in London with his wife. And then Joe Jonas is living in Australia with his wife. Fun fact, Kingdom on Netflix is a good show with uh, Nick Jonas. I've heard. I've heard it's very good. It's on my list. Yeah. Remember when he was dating uh, Miley Cyrus? <laughs> like, oh, those were the days. Those were the days when, when things were simple. <laughs> when, thing, when things were just so simple and so peachy. What, what happened? Uh, what, what the hell happened? The calendar just struck 2020 and all of a sudden just been downhill ever since. Everybody loses their mind. Yeah. The world just goes fucking apeshit. What can we say? All right, so I get my last one. Um, Jesus Christ. I mean, there's just so many I can choose from. There are so many that I could choose from. Uh, James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano. Uh, Al uh, pa- Tony, yeah, Tony Soprano. I forgot about him. Uh, I mean, yeah. Jesus. Al Pacino, Tony Montana. Uh, Scott, but I'm going to go cross here. I'm going to go with an actor slash director who has directed and has starred in some of, in my own personal opinion, some of the best, and I mean best films that I have ever seen in my life. And that is Mr. Clint Eastwood. Where do I even begin with Million Dollar Baby? Fantastic film. Gran Torino. Fabulous. The Mule. Very good. Very underrated. Very, very, very good. And I mean, what hasn't he done that? has not been discussed just time and time and time and time again. So, I mean, for me, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry, too. I mean, he's only starred in five of them. So you went with the more classical route. I went with more. I like comedy movies, man. I, I like I like, I like, like kind of cheesy movies like that, but um, I, I guess I get the direction you were heading. Oh, I, I just love, I love me my old time movies fun fact fun fact for you so of course 
a man that you know very, very well. Fun fact, and I guess this is just going into the uh, the personal route of how the hell Jake and I know each other. So Jake was the neighbor of my grandparents at one time in where he lives now in the town that he that he does live in. And we just struck up a friendship and we've been friends ever since. And fun fact about my grandfather, who you know very, very well. Great man, yeah. One of the biggest Clint Eastwood fans that I know. My grandfather loves him too. My grandma really does too. My grandma loved Clint Eastwood, but my grandpa, I can remember vividly, walk walk into the house and there would be something. It could be anything. Didn't really matter what it was. If Clint Eastwood was on the TV, grandpa would find it. He would have it on. And that would be that. It would it would just be, don't talk to grandpa. He's watching something involving Clint Eastwood for probably the 20th time. Don't disturb him. And that was that. You, you learn something new every day. What a segment. Uh, that was that was a learning experience. Keep, yeah, we got to keep Mount Rushmore. And yeah, well, we're, let's see. We're keeping we're keeping Bachelor. We're keeping Mount Rushmore. I mean, wow these these shows are going to get longer and longer, but more fun and more funner. But that more fun sense. and more funner. Yes, uh, I'll I'll throw the uh, the grammar errors aside. Fun and funner. We're we're all about funner things here on the Basement Talk Podcast. So that is going to be it for this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. As usual, go check us out. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We're probably there. Adam is much better at this than I am, so forgive me. I clearly had not done enough podcasts with Adam where I can take notes off of them and just how it works sometimes. So next week, we'll be back filling you in on everything that happens in the wonderful worldwide world of sports and pop culture and everything of the sort. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Bye-bye.